I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, listeners. I hope you're well. You are tuned in now to another installment of the Beautiful Game podcast and Eurosport collaboration bringing you coverage of this year's Euros 2020. As ever, I'm your host, Budge. I'm joined by my faithful co-conspirator, Dej, and also Ibrahim from uh, Eurosport. Gents, how are we doing this afternoon? We're doing good. Looking forward to today. A lot of good games to chop up and speak about, so I'm looking forward to it, bro. 100%. How about you, Ibrahim? You well? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah, being brought off the bench for the Eurosport team, um, <laughs> like Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, don't expect the same impact. So I've just got to warn people: don't expect a Kevin De Bruyne kind of impact. Yeah. Do, do you know what, Ibrahim? You've 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 uh, laid down the perfect segue into uh, the first game that we're going to dissect. Of course, it will be fresh in the memory as, as as it was you know played so recently, and that was the game between Belgium and, and Denmark, which of course ended um, with a two-one win for Belgium. But I mean, watching that game, they were really up against it, weren't yeah. they? Um, and, and Dej, you know, take us a, a, away on this one. What were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, this was a game that was full of emotion. Obviously, the backdrop to it was the Christian Eriksen, obviously with the heart condition and collapsing, and obviously Denmark suffering throughout the um, Finland game, mm-hmm. not being able to concentrate, being having to call back onto the pitch. Mm-hmm. But before the game, you could see that there was a synergy between the fans and the players. You know, they were singing, you'll never walk alone. You know, sort of like a Liverpool and everyone got together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we saw in the first half. You know, they were committed. Heiberg was dominating the midfield. They were camping Belgium into their into their box and stuff like that. But I think when you've got the trump card of having Kevin De Bruyne, <laughs> Eden Hazard on your bench, that was always going to pay dividends. And in the first half, I was thinking to myself, if you want to win this game, you've got to kill it. You've got to make it 2 or 3-0. And obviously Denmark, they haven't got that prolific goal scorer. Christian Eriksen, he scored over 30 goals for them. And next in line is Poulsen, you know. And, and I think that showed, that was the real determining factor. That quality on the top end. And obviously I know we're going to go into Kevin De Bruyne, but mm. what a player. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it was it was a real show of the cream always rising to 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 mm. the top ultimately, right? And and Belgium shown why they are ranked so highly in 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 in, in world standings. Um I, I mean, Ibrahim, th- th- was there anything else that you wanted to add in terms of what you observed from from the game? It was a, a very uh spirited performance from from Denmark and, and and you heard like the raucous atmosphere even when they scored the first goal, right? Mm. Um the fans just how 
uh, you know, vociferous and loud they were and, and just the energy on, on the pitch, you know. Um, uh, I think it was Hoiberg that closed down that that uh, misplaced pass from Denier yeah. uh, early on and then Paulson expertly finished. But it really seemed as though they were up for the game, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can only really follow on from that and just say, yeah, they were just, the, the emotion had sort of taken over and they looked like they were really going to go for it and really sort of take Belgium apart. Belgium were almost... Um, I mean, you don't want to sort of delve into the state of minds of these players, but mm. Belgium were almost overcome by where, where they were and what was going on. And they had no response in that first half. And, you know, if, like you say, if Denmark had that extra cutting edge, that X factor, then the Bel- they could have been out of sight and Belgium couldn't, wouldn't have been in the game. I mean, um, yeah, that a lot of, a lot of, we, there's been a lot of talk about the Belgian defence and how... The, they're not quite up, up to the standard. Mm-hmm. And um, ultimately, yeah, if Denmark had a bit more cutting edge, then, you know, it could have been a really horrible story for them there. Mm. Yeah. And I think we saw the difference of why Belgium could win the tournament and also their shortcomings. Obviously, at the mm. back, the pace out wide between Vertonghen and Alderweireld, they're probably past their prime. Denier, he's, he's a good defender. He's done a good job at Lyon, but I think you need more than that to win the tournament. But I know we want to talk about Kevin De Bruyne. Oh, what yeah. a what an appearance! Yeah, <laughs> the last yeah, time yeah. we saw him was the Champions League final when he was hauled off, and he came on and he sort of started bossing it. He was like, you know what? Give me the ball. Let me show you guys what I'm about. And I think that played into Belgium's hand because you could see Denmark were playing on emotion, and that can only sustain you for 45, 60 minutes. And in the last few moments, we started to see the quality tell, and you know, De Bruyne assisting. You know, I would have thought he was going to shoot, but he's got that presence of mind to pick out his teammate who was in a better position to score the goal. And the mm. winner, that was just, oh, quality all round. We haven't even mentioned Eden Hazard. He's another player with world-class ability and bringing him into the fold, it's just, a, you know, it's a madness. And mm. it just begs the question, do Belgium actually have the best front three in the competition? Because I know a lot of people have been talking about Griezmann, Mbappe, Benzema. Mm. What about Romelu Lukaku, Eden Hazard, Kevin De Bruyne? Mm. Two of those as well featured featuring very heavily in 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 two of the the, the goals, right? In in um, uh, Lukaku and, and and Kevin De Bruyne, and and staying on the topic of Kevin De Bruyne, right? Uh, and coming to you on this one, Ibrahim, it's it's a bit of a weird one because he's had another trophy laden season, right? Um, and and had a, a very telling contribution to his team. He's also managed to negotiate a a whopping new contract at the club at his uh, domestic club. But there is a feeling, and 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 it's not necessarily just for him. It's it's Manchester City on a whole and whatnot. Just that you know they they couldn't get over the line in that Champions League final that that coveted big ears trophy that they want to they want to lift and 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 particularly in that final in in the way that Kevin De Bruyne had to come off and 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 you know i wonder if part of that was playing on his mind when he was you know on the bench and he came off he was like he he he's still thinking about the fact that the season didn't quite end the way that he wanted to and so he still has the bit between his teeth and he still feels like you know, th- th- you know, he-, he needs to do something to to, to, to sort of really round off the- his season. Well, yeah, absolutely. I think for both him and Manchester City, expectations are through the ceiling every mm-hmm. time they step out on the pitch. Everyone thinks they should be, just because of the quality of both him, the player and the team, they should be dominating games, they should be winning games. Sorry, not, not to talk too much about Manchester yeah, City. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, 
he won P uh, the Player of the Year award as well. And a lot of people questioned that because obviously he did have a telling contribution to City, but it certainly wasn't his best season by any stretch for City. I mean, I think a lot of people can admit that. And obviously the disappointment of the Champions League final, I, I think, yeah, certainly would have been playing on his mind. And he comes on and thought, okay, because that was obviously his, the last game he played. And he's come on and thought, right, I've just got to show people, exactly, remind people exactly who I am. And <laughs> exactly, he did that yeah. with, in spectacular fashion. <laughs> I mean, you talk about that first assist. I think everybody watching the game, everyone on the pitch, bar Kevin De Bruyne and Thorgan Hazard, were the only two people who knew he was going to pass there. Everyone mm. thought he was going to shoot. And um, yeah, it was just, just proved how brilliant he was. He just left the Danish defenders on the floor. And it's one of those clips that you imagine will be replayed for years to come because it just shows yeah. how good he is. And of course, his goal, just the strike itself. Uh, first look, I thought maybe, oh, Schmeichel's probably not got down quick mm. enough. But then mm. you see the replay as he's coming in and he hits it so cleanly it is just such a great strike and you know we know he can do it and he's reminding us exactly who he was 100% what a player absolutely another game that uh, was a very interesting one and and you know was 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 back and forth and up and down was uh, the game between Wales and Turkey which ended um which ended 2-0 i um in particular enjoyed this game right at the beginning uh, because we saw both sets of players taking the knee to show solidarity and support of the, uh, of course, of the initiative to uh, kick uh, discrimination out, out of football. And it was just nice to see that, that unity and that, you know, that, that collaboration on that front before um, the, the game kicked off. Um, and it was end-to-end -end stuff. It, it really looked like from, from on, on the part of Wales, it was the uh, the Aaron Ramsey and Gareth Bale show. Yeah. Um, and 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 we're going to go to you on this one, Ibrahim, to kick us off. What what were your thoughts on on the game and and the chances that were spurned? Well, interestingly, that was uh, I kind of saw this game as almost like a parallel to the Belgian game, which was to follow, obviously, whereby Belgium almost were relying on the quality, as we've said, of Kevin De Bruyne and um, uh, Lukaku in particular, mm. and of course mm. Hazard as well, to mm. sort of dig them out when they weren't necessarily playing particularly well. But for Wales, like I say, as a parallel in that they understand perhaps, don't want to sound too harsh, but the limitations of the rest of the team. And they were well-drilled, a well-drilled team with two world-class players mm. coming up and doing the business for them. And um, yeah, they got everything they deserved out of the game, really. I mean, Turkey did put up a good fight. I mean, they've really disappointed for, you know, the dark horses shout. Everyone's selling their stocks now. So yeah, everyone's selling the Turkey stocks now. So yeah. Um, yeah, well, Wales definitely got what they deserved out of it. And even sort of towards the end, when you thought they would be hanging on for the 1-0, Gareth Bale just putting in that extra drive, just showing again, it's like the Kevin De Bruyne situation, showing that having that X factor to be like, no, actually, you know what, we're going for this and we're going to kill off this game rather than sit back and sort of, you know, hang on and sort of grind out the win there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, class is permanent, form is temporary and... You know, Gareth Bell is someone that's been much maligned since he came back into the Premier League. People are sort of saying that maybe the legs have gone. Yes, he's not a spring chicken anymore, but as you advance in years, as you get older, it's what's in your mind. And that's what we saw when they played against Turkey was how we saw the game. You know, coming in those central areas, he done it two or three times to pick out Aaron Ramsey. Ramsey should have probably had a hat-trick that game. And mm. I think 
Gareth Bell's role in that Wales team has changed over the years. He hasn't scored in around two or three years. And I think now he recognises that, you know what, I'm the tallies man. I don't necessarily have to use my energy 80% of the time. I'm advancing. Let me think mentally and try and pick out my teammates. And, you know, he should have got his penalty as well. That was, you know, he ballooned that over the bar. I thought he was mm. going to hit that into the back of the net. But late in the game, I mean, you could say it was suspect defending from Turkey, the way he just ran past the defenders and slotted in Roberts. But, yeah, big players coming to the fore. And I think we're going to see that towards the latter stages of the tournament where games are decided by those minute details. Mm, no, 100%. And you know what? You raise a really good point there, Dej, in terms of uh, the, the point about mentality, particularly when you look at the fact that he did everything but score in that game, Gareth Bell, you know? Mm. And, and even after missing the penalty which could have put the game you know, out of Turkey's hands. He still had the wherewithal to, to, to get himself back, you know, get, get his head in, in the game again mm. and, 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 and continue to create after that. And I think that was, was certainly poignant and, 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 and you know, bodes well with the point that you mentioned about him and his changing role and, and the fact that, you know, he, he, he's thinking a lot, a, lot, a lot more in terms of his contribution to the team, which is, which is great. And, and I mean, where does this, where does this leave Turkey now? Um, what, uh, going, going forward, what, I, I mean, how, what, what do they do? How do they improve? Where, where, where do they go from here? I mean, Yilmaz had a great chance at 1-0 to, to, yeah. to, to make it, to make it even, to, to, draw, to draw it level. I don't, I don't know where, yeah. I mean, I think with Turkey, I mean, that reliance on Yilmaz, I think it's sort of been exposed now that he's not quite, I mean, he may have had a great season playing for Lille in France, but mm. the step up at this at this stage in the, at the international level, mm. it just, he's just not quite got it. And for the rest of them, I feel, I feel that sort of Chahanoglu has really disappointed so far. He's yeah. one that everyone had their eye on. He's not mm. really, you know, stepped it up quite like, you know, people would have expected from him. I think their squad is, you know, perhaps not quite got the experience just yet. But mm. I think perhaps there is a lot of optimism surrounding them. And maybe if they keep this squad together, moving forward, maybe next tournament or tournament afterwards, maybe they might be yeah. a better side and, a more, and do more than they have done so far. Yeah. yeah and Turkey is a team where all of the stars need to perform for them to have a chance and as we've seen with Wells, when they beat them, the star players, Ramsey and Bell, delivered. But with them, selling, So Yonchu as well, I've been very disappointed with mm. his performances. He sort of looked like a rabbit in headlights at times, very reactive, you know, kind of thing. So, yeah, I think it's been a disappointing campaign from them. To wrap things up, we have to speak about this game because it was another very, very exciting performance from the Azuri uh, Italy uh, versus Switzerland, ending in a a three nil win uh, for Italy, and it it seems as though three is the magic number for for <laughs> Italy. You know, yeah. opening two <laughs> fixtures, winning three nil, and um, you know, still uh, uh, two clean sheets as well. So it, it would appear that there is still life in the uh, in the old rear guard of uh, <laughs> Cialini and, and Bonucci. That being said, though. The Swiss also was going into this game on an unbeaten run, so I think both teams hadn't hadn't lost in in the, their last nine games. Um, so so you know both got both going into it in, in in a very strong position, but it just seemed as though Italy had a bit too much uh, for for Switzerland ultimately, wasn't it, Dej? 
No, definitely. I mean, dark horses, as I labelled them before the tournament, mm. I think they've shone into the public limelight right now. I think everyone's sort of sitting up and taking notice of what they can do in this tournament. And again, I always look at the spine of a team. Donnarumma in goal, Cellini, Benucci at the back. Through the midfield, you've got Jorginho, Locatelli, who we're going to talk about, and mm. Insigne. And I think that's the perfect concoction for a team to advance in the tournament because they've got all the fundamentals. And in a nip and tuck game, I'll back them. And we saw it again, you know, when mm. they played Switzerland, very defensively assured. That's their basis. Mm. But what Mancini's doing with his team, you know, Spinazzola on that left-hand side, high and wide, he's mm. become a focal point of this tournament. And that's something we're seeing. And I think, yeah, they can go very, very deep in this tournament. I mean, their, their fluidity is something that's really surprised me because, you know, historically, Italy are generally quite rigidly set up, you know, but this team, it seems to be a bit more, you mentioned Spinazzola, they're just getting up and down that left-hand mm. side. And Locatelli, like you say, we're going to talk about his movement as well. And that front three of Berardi, Immobile, Insignia, they do enough to sort of draw out defenders. They, they've got the right sort of movement there up front and they cause problems for teams and they will do going mm. forward as well. 100%. And I think going back to Deji's point about the spine of the team, you know, one, one additional factor in that is up front in Chiro Immobile, who's finally now shaking that hoodoo and putting those demons to the sword about not, have, not being able to score at major tournaments. Now he's got, what, two and two? You know, he looks like he's really, really up for it. For it. And, and when you've got all of those components working well together, you've got a very well-oiled machine, you know. And, and so our player analysis and deep dive, as you mentioned there, Dej, is going to be on Locatelli, who, um, I mean, he, he was um, making some noise and, and some, uh, uh, you know, uh, fans had been aware of him prior to the tournament, but now has certainly shot up in his estimations with, um, his his recent performances, and I mean he's he's a really really interesting player, and and you know we talk about certain players putting themselves in the shop window. Um, mm. I, I think he's certainly one of those kind of players. Yeah. You know he's he's still young. I mean a, 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 a midfielder, six foot one, twenty three years of age. Um, of course, in his early years were at Milan. It didn't quite work out for him. He got the the, the move to Sassuolo, and 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 it's you know he's made it. His home, and I think he's been ever present for them since his move. And he just seems like a player that has so many great attributes. You know, his passing, his energy, his his technique and, and quality and whatnot. Uh, and we saw those in in, in full display in in that game, didn't we, boys? Yeah, I think the first goal personified all of those attributes that you're talking about. He likes playing in that deep line midfield row where he can play make. And we saw him just swaz out a left-footed pass to the wide. Yeah. Then he beat this, he beat the central midfielder, Shaka, and everyone. He wanted it more, that passion and drive to slot it home. And I think, you know, a lot of teams are interested in him. Fabrizio Romano has come out and said Juventus like him a lot. Arsenal are interested. We can see that as sort of like a replacement for Granit Shaka. Mm. And he is lighting up this tournament. He's become the face of this Italy team. Whereas we were talking about, you know, the old war horses, Cellini, Benucci. Now mm. everyone's talking about Locatelli and, and he's a brilliant player. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, just starting and finishing that move for the first goal was um, just again showed how how much they the, the movement within the team and how much they like to 
play it play it through the playing through lines and everything like that and just like i said the fluidity before and yeah his agent's phone must be off the hook right now because <laughs> yeah, yeah, i yeah, cannot yeah. believe that you know he's going to be sticking around sassuolo i mean all due respect to them for too much longer after his performances in this tournament so mm. far 100%. Now, I know we're obviously not speaking about transfers specifically on, 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 on this episode, but I, I've, I can't help myself. I've got to ask the question, right, to both of you. If you are Locatelli's agent or himself, the player, and you're looking at potential places that you could play your trade and move on, where would you advise to go? Or where do, where do you think works well? Or, or which club do you think would... Um, do well to acquire his services. Um, we're going to start with you, Dej. Who would you Who would you say? Where Where does Locatelli fit well? One, because obviously you want to advance his career from Sassuolo to that next step. Mm. But if he goes to a Juventus or a team like that, is he going to be playing every single week? And mm. I think at the ages right now, he needs to be going to a place where he's going to be playing guaranteed football. Mm-hmm. So I think, if we're looking in the Premier League, as I mentioned before, Arsenal does make sense. You know, because they're going to be, he's going to be playing week in, week out in that central midfield role. Their spaces open up. If rumours are to be believed with Granit Xhaka, potentially going to Roma. So him playing with sort of like a Thomas Partey, I think that would be ideal. And I know Boydja licking your lips. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) How about you, Abraham? What are your thoughts? I think I have to agree. I think Arsenal seems like the sort of obvious choice now. And I think partly because, like, if he wants to make that big, like you're saying, Dej, if he wants to make that huge, that big jump, it's probably too a little bit too soon for him. I think, you know, if we're talking Premier League again, Man United are screaming out for a midfielder, possibly, mm. um, depending on what happens with Pogba going forward. Mm. Um, but Again, could he? Could that be sort of a big, too many eyes on him, perhaps? Yeah. And so maybe a move to a team like Arsenal, or perhaps on that level, you know, unfortunately, slightly just below Champions League, Europa League. <laughs> that, you know, getting getting regular football without too many eyes on him and not too much pressure on him to sort of develop for a couple of years. And once he hits his prime, then, I mean, unfortunately, perhaps move on to a bigger club. So yeah. Very, very interesting. Like we said, it's 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 really, really hotting up. This tournament is really hotting up. We're getting these quality of games in the group stages, man. I'm I'm just like, imagine what the knockout stages are gonna be like, yeah. you know. Mm. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. And then thereafter, like after the tournament, it's it's all of the it's the silly season, right? It's the transfers, it's <laughs> it's who's getting moves and so on and so forth. So um it will it will certainly be very, very interesting to to keep an eye on and, and look out for. Um, gents, thank you very much for sharing your thoughts on, on each of those games and the, and the players that we discussed. Uh, a pleasure as always. We're going to wrap up and we're going to leave it there. Uh, everyone who's tuned in, thank you very much for listening in up until this point. And we'll be back again very shortly with another uh, episode to discuss more games, more players, more talking points. But until then, we're going to leave it there. Over and out. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.